don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Hello, welcome to Attack the Rack Podcast, episode number four. We are pounding these out. Hopefully you guys are liking it. Um, I know we're liking it. Uh, This is Tyler Kepke, along with my, yep, Ben Gumnus, longtime friends talking basketball. You already know the deal. Follow us on all of our our social media platforms on Facebook, Attack the Rack Podcast, on Twitter, it's at ATR the podcast, and on the gram Instagram, it is Attack the Rack podcast with all the underscores under in between each word. So, um, thanks for already all the support. I mean, we got a lot of new uh, followers on Facebook, and yeah. I'm really really excited about that. Thank you so much for following us, and also welcome aboard. Um, hopefully, you guys get a kick out of what we're doing and enjoy it as much as we do. So, um, with that being said, I mean, today was the NBA draft lottery. Wow. Um, and, dude, it was intense. I was sitting there on the edge of my seat, literally screaming, and mostly screaming <laughs> because, I don't know if, if, if some of you guys saw this on, on, uh, on Facebook, I, I posted a little, I posted a little uh, gif of... Phil Jackson holding up like the triangle sign and then and the Illuminati. Illuminati appeared into it. Cause I was like, this is the whole world. If the Los Angeles Lakers yeah. with their 2% chance of winning the lottery somehow get the first pick. Right. <laughs> and here they were just, you know, still, going and going up just there, surviving, even, even surviving, with, not getting the number one. They're up there. Well, dude, when they took the break, when like right before they took the break, um, and went to the uh, the commercial, and they had let us everybody had known like where their spots were. There was only four teams left, and the Lakers were there. Right. I was just like, dude, no way. The Illuminati, it's for real. <laughs> so honestly, I mean, I I was for real pulling yeah. at that at that moment. I was for real pulling for the Lakers to get number one pick <laughs> because yeah, it would have been wanted- amazing. Yeah, I wanted to see. Yeah, I wanted to see the fallout. I just wanted to see the fallout so bad. Yeah, so badly. Um, But yeah, I guess that that first of all, since I said you know the Lakers had two percent chance to win the lottery, that did that does remind me that I did make a mistake. I said that the Bucks had a two percent chance to win the lottery when back in two thousand five when they ended up with Andrew Bogut. They actually had a 6% chance or a 6-ish percent chance. So oh, I just wanted to correct oh. myself on that. But still really small odds. But, Ben, this, that right there kind of led me to wonder how many teams that have, like, pretty low odds actually won the lottery, you know? Sure. Like, it seems like there's actually a decent amount. And so then I started yes. digging in. I started digging in, and you know, there's probably there's a bunch a lot of, you. of conspiracies out there, yeah, right? And and that's exactly where I'm going, Ben. Is the conspiracies, and some of you guys out there 
are like, dude, we've been on the conspiracy stuff for so long, man. Where have you been? And I'm sitting <laughs> Welcome here Welcome like, to the party. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a little bit late. I am a little bit late. But, dude, it started all the way to the very first yeah. one, the 1985 Patrick Ewing uh, the draft lottery. That was the first time that they did yes. a draft lottery. And the whole bent envelope. Dude, yeah. I mean... How did I go this long without really I don't know how this? you went that long without seeing it, but it's still a great story, even if it's not true, even if uh, <laughs> it was completely legit and just have, you know, coincidence. But, I mean, it's the NBA. There's a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. You really don't know, but it's all about the story, the drama, right? Nobody really – I mean, I'm sure there's some <laughs> – <laughs> very upset fans uh, about the whole situation. But in the end, it's all meant to entertain, which is really what, what it's doing, regardless of what happens there. Well, uh, true. But I mean, I'm sold. Out of money, but... Yeah, I'm sold, though. I mean, I'm serious. I was watching YouTube videos. <laughs> There's no way that that guy didn't intentionally bend that corner. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. And then, of course, you know, somehow the New York Knicks, you know, the biggest market, you know, in in basketball lands the biggest prospect at a time when the league is a little bit shaky, uncertain, and like all, you know, whatever. Okay. So then it made me kind of dig in. Like, okay, what's up with this conspiracy talk? So do you you think, do you think that they, do you think that they picked New Orleans so that they wouldn't go back to the whole conspiracy theory of New York had getting that number one draft pick again? No, no, no. No, no, no. But I'm going to get there. You're getting a little okay. ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me kind of lay out the groundwork of where, where my thought process is. But okay. to, to do a quick answer to that, I think that this year's draft very well, or this year's draft lottery very well might actually be the next chapter in the conspiracy yeah so here we go i'm gonna break this down for you okay all the all the conspiracy talk for all of you who have already been in the game i know this one might bore you but for me this is all new stuff that i was pulling out today and i was like man i was soaking it up so outside of the 1985 draft right we already just talked about that one yep in the 1992 draft that's when the orlando magic landed Shaq at number one okay and they had a 15 percent yep. chance to win okay not 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 anything crazy there but then literally the next year in 1993 they get the first pick again at 1.52 percent chance it is literally <laughs> the lowest odds that have ever won the lottery is crazy. Okay, so then they use that pick to get Chris Weber, who they then traded away for Penny Hardaway. Yeah, and of course Penny Hardaway, you know, starred with Shaq in of the course. movie Blue Chips. Coincidence? Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe, or maybe it's Illuminati. We'll see. So that's one. I mean, because then what? You get like one of the most exciting duos, dynamic duos for the for yeah. in the league for a long time. Yep. I mean, come on, that's uh, okay. All right, so then, you know, let's jump ahead a little bit. 2003, what happens? We all know that one. The Akron native LeBron, right? Coincidentally, lands only 45 minutes away from home in Cleveland. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's such a storybook thing to happen. Like, it's Well, that's what I'm saying. You could argue it's fate as much as it is a, a coincidence or a... 
or a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Come on. This is calculated, man. This uh, is calculated. Okay. You, I'm just, okay. So it's, it's going to get the rabbit hole goes deeper. Okay. So let's just continue on. Similarly to the LeBron Cleveland situation in 2008, right? Hometown superstar Derrick Rose yeah. gets picked by Chicago at number one, even though they only had 1.7% chance, chance to win the first pick. Yeah. Okay. So hometown superstar lands in the hometown team, mm. you know, again, rejuvenating the fan base of the hometown. Everybody's going cray-cray yeah. in Chicago. Yep. Right. And Okay. Becomes and MVP. Then, right, right. Okay. So then fast forward two years. The Washington Wizards in 2010, they win the lottery with a 10.3% chance of winning the first pick. And they get John Wall. Okay, that maybe that doesn't sound crazy, but then you dig in a little deeper and we find out that this pick came, of course, after if you remember or if you recall, like the Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas was just like plagued with injuries for a while during that stretch. Like he was he was coming up looking to be a superstar. Right. And then he was just like plagued with injuries, plagued with injuries, knee surgeries, all that kind of stuff. But then he also had um, a big um, like drama with the gun in the locker room. Yep. He ends up getting suspended. And then, of course, the owner, Abe Pollen, he dies. And then all, so you have this like fan base and this franchise who's really, really like kind of struggling and really trying to find some sure. hope. And then what happens? They win the first, the draft lottery. They land yeah. John Wall. Okay. <laughs> franchise rejuvenated. Although, I mean, they, we can debate if the, Wizards are rejuvenated. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, then, right, 2011 comes around, Miami, right? LeBron leaves for Miami. Cleveland yeah. is like, oh, man, our boy LeBron. And right. then, Things but then what out. happens? Then who did they get literally that year in the draft? With a 2.8% chance of winning the lottery, they get the first pick, and they get Kyrie. Okay. Yeah. So then, then you know what happens. But is I like, mean, is Cleveland really that big of a market? You know, dude, like. It's not, but that's not what I'm saying. When you had LeBron, that's the point. When you had LeBron, yeah. Um, dude, when you had LeBron, you became a contender, and they were, and they were fighting. Sure. You know, they made the finals. They were there was hype around Cleveland, and the right. point is that the point that I'm making is that the league is trying to figure out how to survive, or not survive, but like. The league's trying to figure out how to keep their fan bases pumped and their fan bases alive. Sure. And so when you have somebody like that big as LeBron leave, that is detrimental. Okay. Yeah, it's but... detrimental. And so to save that, all I'm saying, all this is what I'm pointing out. Okay. What I'm pointing out is that you have this huge piece, literally the heart and soul of your franchise leave, and you are a wounded fan base. And then how coincidentally does Kyrie Irving just land in your lap at, you know, 2.8% chance or whatever. And then of course, you know, then they get uh they get Wiggins a couple years later, who then they trade um to get Kevin Love, which then of course, you know, sets them up to win championship in Cleveland when LeBron comes home. Sure. So, okay. So I, I think you're reading into it a little bit, but most conspiracies have got to 
to make it happen. So I get it. I'm following. You know, I'm, I'm, you I'm with you. It's fate. I think that's too much for fate, son. I think that this is calculated. So, but then, okay, so now here we are in today, right? Tonight, sure. we're sitting around, right. and I think, like, okay, you brought up New York, right? Did the Pelicans get the first pick or whatever because there conspiracy around Zion or conspiracy around New York right? Um, to kind of, like, the put very that first down? One. Sure. See, this, this is why I think that's not true, because literally one through three, you are going to get a superstar, okay? Maybe you didn't get Zion. You're going to get RJ, you're going to get Morant. Yeah, one of both of I mean, seriously, if, listen, if, if Zion Williamson and John Morant were not in this draft last year, let's just look at last year, right. there is no way that RJ Barrett doesn't go number one over DeAndre Ayton. Sure. So this year, you literally have three, any other year, if each of these three players, John Morant, Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, go into three different drafts, they're each going to be number one in their draft. Right. It just so happens that they're all piling out here. So, listen, New York didn't want, you know, to get anybody else but Zion. And and I understand that. I mean, believe me, I well, think, like, it would have been everybody so wants cool Zion. to have That's, Zion there. Duh. Right, right. But the thing is, is, like, I, they landed themselves the future of their franchise. If they hold on to R.J. Barrett and they don't try to like work some kind of draft or like trade away or something, I think R.J. Barrett is the future of that franchise. And I think that he's going to carry them. He's going to need time to develop like for sure. But with him and with Knox over there too, Knox had a really good, you know, rookie year. And so I think that they're together. You got yourself a pretty good duo over there. Yeah. They got top three. I mean, they're still going to be in great shape with a great pick. I mean, you really can't complain. It's just, it was such a big lottery, and it was such a blow for them. You know, they wanted the Duke basketball player, and they they got the Duke football player instead. And it's just, it sucks, you know? <laughs> no. I think, I mean, it sucks that you didn't get the big personality with all the fans. But right. what, you, what, it, what doesn't suck is the fact that you got R.J. Barrett. And I'm just yeah. saying right now, R.J. Barrett is going to be an absolute superstar for years to come. He need, he's going to need a little bit of time. You know, to develop, um, maybe not as long as people think, maybe not as long as I think, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Mark my words on this date, today, that I am saying R.J. Barrett is going to be a superstar in this league, just like Zion right. Williamson. You so, heard it here first, everybody. Yep. Yes, you did. And so <laughs> th- this is where the conspiracy lands, though, okay? Because number one through three, they're set, okay? They're set. Sure. Also, you have... Um, you have the Lakers sneaking in at number four. Yeah. Even though they have two percent chance to get up there, they should have been way down. I know, I know, and but they sneak they're in. They're not top three. They're no, but they three. sneak in, and they're gonna steal a. They're gonna steal a pick that is not that. I mean, they're gonna probably get a. I mean, I don't know who they're gonna go after actually, but like, there's some good picks that are not obviously at the caliber, even close to the top three, but they're gonna get a solid pick. Yeah, and so I mean, if they're drafting, if as long as they draft smart, they'll land themselves a good prospect too, a solid one. That at least what you what you do is you get a role player out there for LeBron, right? Um, so okay, <clears throat> but the conspiracy, the real conspiracy, lands in New Orleans, and also in Memphis. If you ask me, New Orleans. Let's start there because obviously they're the number one pick. They landed. Zion, literally the most anticipated, most hyped up yep. prospect since LeBron. 
So your conspiracy, if I'm starting to read into this right, is you're yeah, going with the fact that they they are picking these two teams in their in the conspiracy mindset because those two teams need a rejuvenation more than anybody else because Memphis well, has been so bad. New Orleans has got so much terrible controversy, probably losing Anthony Davis. You know, he obviously doesn't want to stay there. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to keep him there, close. in my opinion. Yeah, and you're very close. More close with New Orleans, but hear me out, okay? New right. Orleans, for sure, yeah. You're, I think you're very close. Anthony Davis, there is no guarantee that just because New Orleans picked up Zion, that Anthony Davis is all of a sudden going to change his mind. I think it definitely changes the landscape over there. I think it definitely mm-hmm. makes Anthony Davis kind of pause and think, like, do I really want to leave? But there's no guarantee. And I think, like, with how poorly, you know, they have handled the situation with Anthony mm-hmm. Davis and, you know, cutting his minutes, finding him, you know, all that kind of stuff after he said that he wanted out. And then after all those years, not doing anything to get any kind of help for him to do anything there. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I, I mean, I think he thinks about it. And I can't say for sure now. I thought for sure. Anthony Davis was going to be gone in free agency after this year. Now I can't say that I am 100% sure, but I still think he's going to probably come bounce. on. I think come he's going to bounce. He's going to leave. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think he's going to bounce, but I think that things have changed enough that I can't say with 100% certainty that he will bounce, but I think he still will. Like the majority of my heart still says he's going to leave. But that means, like, like you 1%. said, 1%. No, I think, it's more, I think it's more than that. <laughs> Come on, dude. You're the Zion guy. You're the dude. That's I am, about, like, but Zion if I'm Anthony it. Davis, I don't want any part of that. I want out of New Orleans. I'm done there. I want to do my own thing. He's got his own plans. He doesn't want to have to deal with, you know, this new superstar. He he wants dude, to he wants to go and do something else. He's he's done with them. Look at all the animosity that was between them. This like, like he had to sit on the bench because the organization was so mad with him, and he was so mad with them. Yeah, I get like, it. You can't tell me that you were going to just fix that with a brand new superstar. Like that doesn't. I don't think that that makes sense. As I think a, what it's gonna. I think what's gonna tell, or what's going to be the ending, um, the big or the big factor in in what Anthony Davis decides to do is how they do this season. Does yeah. Zion make big a big enough difference sure. that they're like, wow, here we are contending for a playoff spot when right. we were like not even worth anything this last right. year. And you know, I think so I think like all I'm saying is that Zion definitely changes the landscape of what Anthony Davis is looking at. And that's what I'm saying. And so I think that he will still leave, but either way, um, it changes stuff. But what I'm saying though is that's where the conspiracy is. Like you said, rejuvenation. You know, all of a sudden you have like Anthony Davis, an absolute superstar that the Pelicans absolutely dropped the ball on on how to handle Anthony Davis. Right. Um, but then, you know, here here you are, Zion. We present you the number one pick, Zion. Yeah. Even though you had a six percent chance, you know, and sure. you weren't even in the top four um odds likelihood of actually like winning the first pick and here you are landing zion and I'll so take it. <laughs> right and then you know what though is like interestingly enough zion also um i don't know if you heard but like the new orleans pelicans released 
um, on social media that their uh, that their season ticket like stuff mm. they had it like crashed. There was so, after they won the first pick, they like everybody was calling in to get season tickets and like online trying to get season <laughs> tickets and they crashed. Well, the did system. you see that that thing I posted uh, on our Twitter? Like if you look at the staff, like yeah, oh yeah, they yeah. lost it. Everybody in New Orleans lost it. Everybody lost it except for Zion. If you saw his <laughs> I heard face, about that too. <laughs> he was just... They had to take him out is what I heard. Yeah, so there's a reporter. I, I forget his name now, but there's a reporter from ESPN that sent out a tweet that specifically said, like, Zion Williamson had to, was quickly, like, in all caps, quickly whisked out of the room right. after the pick was announced. And that it is that a source told him, um, whatever this source is, but this source told this reporter that Zion is, was not happy yep. with the idea of going to New Orleans and right. he really wanted to go to New York. But I mean, <laughs> him and apparently the whole rest of the world outside of New Orleans. So, um, but the thing is, you know, now, you know, you have all of a sudden you have this huge fan base that or a big fan base over there who is probably really feeling down yeah. in the dumps about everything. And now they're sold out, crashing the system yep. for season tickets. So, I mean, there's there's room to talk about that. And then the one with Memphis isn't as isn't as like whatever. But all of a sudden here is Memphis, you know, another chance, uh, another team with a, only a six percent chance. Sure. And they land the number two pick who they are most likely going to use to get John Morant. And yep. why do you get John Morant? Well, you know, coincidentally, you have a really good point guard, probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA, Mike Conley, who is getting old and right. needs to pass the torch. Well, who better to pass the torch to than John Morant? Yeah. I mean, so, okay. There's so a lot of setup. It. A lot of yeah. setup for everybody. I mean, it's it's exciting. You know, I have all these these new players coming in, and who knows? I mean, maybe maybe your your predictions of you know Zion not going first happens. I mean, it's there's so that's a whole nother oh, no. story. You know, you saw the you you just you talked about you tweeted out <laughs> the reaction um, of the front office in New Orleans. They are set. Yeah, they right, know right. for a fact they're getting Zion. It's true. So, I don't. Well, I as we are about to put this out, uh, you know, obviously Wednesday, as we're recording the night before, uh, the Bucks are playing. So we gotta. I gotta ask you know what what's your call? What do you think is gonna happen? Obviously today, Warriors uh, kind of showed up, and the Blazers really kind of fell apart in the end. Unfortunately for them, as. Uh, I'm really rooting for Portland, but um, obviously, you know, the almighty Warriors continue to have their winning ways. So who do you think's got game one, though, for Bucks raptors um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the Bucks win. And it's not only it's not just because, you know, I'm a Milwaukee guy. Yep. <laughs> it's because um, I really think that they learned their lesson with game one against Boston. I okay. think they came out a little bit flat, and I think they admitted to that, that they, you know, were probably not where they needed to be mentally. Um, sure. I think Brogdon um, is now back and ready to go. Yep. And I saw I saw an interview with Giannis when 
he was asked how Brogdon's doing in practice and stuff, and he said that Brogdon is looking really confident, mm-hmm. and he is talking a lot of crap, which means, like, so it's showing, like, he's out there trash-talking, and, um, nice. and hopefully that means really good things. Because, man, we can get Brogdon back and Brogdon playing real yep. good like, like Brogdon yep. does, and then you bring Bledsoe off the bench to like give that slasher and, and you don't have or, don't or know, have I mean. Bledsoe start and have Brogdon come in, which is what I think they'll end up doing. You know, yeah. I would agree with you. I think they win this first game. I think it will be a tough game, but they're going to win at home. They don't want to lose that first game again. They're going to have the edge, even with the Raptors coming off that huge win uh, just shortly ago. But I really think that I was so glad that the Raptors did win because I personally didn't think that we matched up well with the Sixers, uh, just personnel-wise. I think they had us kind of matched up a lot better than the Raptors do, uh, position-wise. I think we just out uh, outmatched them, not just in our bench, which has you know been such a big part of the Bucks' uh, whole season and postseason, but uh, just overall a better team for the Bucks to go up against. So I'm really excited. I think they're going to do really well. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it'll be a really fun series. And as yes. far as like Portland and and uh, Golden State, you know, you're never <laughs> in trouble. You're never in trouble until you win, or sorry, you're never in trouble until you lose a home game in the playoffs. Yeah. So right. like, just because sure. game one, just because game one went to the Warriors, yep. You know, do not count out three J and Dame time. And I know yep. you're not, but I'm saying for everybody listening, right. yep. they're coming back. They're yep. coming back. They've been proving and, um, all postseason. I mean, yeah. they've they've had to come back and they've had really tough games and they've they've made it work perfectly fine so far. So yeah. I hope they continue to. I'm going to be rooting for them. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I got okay. I got one off the cuff question. All right, you, let's duck. Okay. Let's dive into it. And and it is going back and and you made me think of it when you were talking about the box matchup with the 76ers not being okay. great all that kind yep. of stuff. You made right. me start to think of Embiid again because I was like, eh, if we would have played the Sixers, Embiid would have been <laughs> sick or whatever and he wouldn't have been able to to play what you know, things like that. Sure. But then it made me think of this. Okay. Do you remember when um you know, you probably seen clips or or whatever um Joel Embiid after they after uh um, Kawhi hits the buzzer beater, right? Mm. And he breaks down and he's yep. crying and he's right. crying and he's like, why? He walks off the court and he's just in tears. And right. you heard me already trash, you know, yep. Embiid, you know, calling him Mr. Mr. Too Sick to Play. And I still hold to that, okay? But I just want to know does seeing him, does seeing him be that emotional about losing? You know, along with the storyline of like, is he really committed? Is he really, you know, willing to fight for like through sickness and pain or whatever, like so many other players have done to help his team win? Does that does that show of emotion in the end? Does that save face for him at all? Do you think or or what? Uh, no, you know, show emotion at the end. I think, you know, it's such a big and a game seven. You know, this was supposed to be a great year for them. You know, LeBron's left the East, so it's wide open, right? They signed mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler. I mean, this was a this was their they were hoping to go all the way, you know. And uh, he's he's not exactly a like an older veteran yet either. I still see him as kind of a younger player. So 
I I don't like or hate the guy, so I, I'm going to give him a one-off. I don't have like any beef with him, really. He's a very aggressive physical player. He likes to smack talk, but who doesn't like to uh, in the NBA? And uh, to me, I think he's – I'm going to give him a pass on this one just because, I mean, it's a huge game. I – I, I don't know what it's like to lose a game seven on a, uh, the first ever buzzer beater. <laughs> Nobody had up until that point. So, I mean, it's uh, I, I really can't say anything to it. I think I think you just got to look at next year and go from there. So, do you think that you think that for Joel Embiid, that does this make it a little bit better? Does it show that he is committed? Uh, I think I think he's committed as he can be but at the same time it's uh it's always a toss-up in the nba you never know something happens and all of a sudden it's a change of direction you know everybody was all excited about Kyrie in boston and now look what's happening right you know who knows i don't know if he's gonna be there anymore and it was such a big deal and he's like i'm committed you know so all right i'm 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 just leaving that that (laughs) yeah and then I'm going to dive it. into it with my off-the-cuff quick uh, right. with, you know, the number one overall going to New Orleans. Uh, you know, congrats to them. Probably going to pick up Zion. But who do you think is going to win the lottery when it comes to shoe companies for Zion Williamson? Oh, yeah. I think it's Nike. That, think Nike? To, me, without, that, to me, I think that's without a doubt. I mean, I think, like, you can kind of see how um, – you know, when, when Zion got hurt with his yep. knee and he blew right. through that Nike shoe, yep. like Nike reached out to him and sure. was like, and, and it kind of, for them, it kind of turned, turned like a really bad marketing thing, right. you know, from a marketing standpoint, it turned this really bad situation into what seemed like a really good situation for Nike because I don't know if you if you know this or if you heard about this. Like they came to Duke after this, and they made custom Kyrie fours for him, really but custom to his foot wow. and custom to like how his body works, so that wow. nothing like this would ever happen again. I think I did. So, hear that. what does that sound like? That sounds like, hey Zion, guess what? We have yep. a template for a shoe that like perfectly works with your body. You know, I think, yeah, you want to talk about conspiracy theories, there's one, but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think he goes with, uh, with Nike for sure. Nice. Yeah. Like it. Good call. Uh, but that kind of wraps it up for today. Thank you guys all again for listening. Uh, check us out again tomorrow. We'll probably go over, you know, what happened with the Bucks as we continue through this postseason time. But uh, I hope you all have uh, a great rest of your day. This is Ben Gumnus and, and uh, Tyler Kepke. Yeah, me. <laughs> Signing off. All right. <laughs> Signing off. Later.